Hello, welcome to the bonus episode of Born to Thrive with Jamie Lee. I'm your host and coach, Jamie Lee. I believe that we are all born to thrive. I believe that negotiation skills are leadership skills that can help us get bolder, braver, and better paid so that we can thrive. And today I have a very special edition. I was featured on Max List podcast. Max List is a great resource for people who are seeking to change or to get a new job in Portland, Oregon, and Washington area. And I was interviewed by Mac, and we talked about why we need to talk about the F word in salary negotiations. We talked about the importance of being able to discern between facts and thoughts in the process of preparing for and uh, creating a mindset before your negotiation. And we talked about some key and powerful questions to ask in a salary negotiation. So uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this special edition and talk to you soon. This is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the publisher of Max List, an online community that connects talented professionals with meaningful work. I believe everyone can find a job they love. But to do that, you need to learn the skills to build a successful career. From professional networking to personal branding, you've got to get good at job hunting. This show helps you do this. Every week on Find Your Dream Job, I talk to a different career expert. We discuss the tools and tactics you need to find your dream job. Our guest this week is Jamie Lee. She's an expert on leadership and negotiation. Jamie is passionate about helping women become bolder, braver, and better paid. And she says the F word, feelings, matter in negotiations. In our conversation this week, Jamie says many people who prepare for a negotiation, especially about money, often get the following advice. How you feel doesn't matter. Be strong. Don't back down. Whatever you do, don't get emotional at the negotiating table. Women are emotional. Men are rational thinkers and make better negotiators. Your feelings are a weakness. All of this advice, says Jamie, is wrong. The best workplace negotiators, she says, recognize that emotion has a place in business conversations. In our interview, Jamie says that good negotiators pay attention to feelings. That's because emotions provide important guidance to what parties think. Want to learn more? Listen in now at the Maxless Studio as I interview Jamie Lee about why the F word, feelings, matter in a salary negotiation. Now let's turn to this week's guest expert, Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee is a leadership and negotiation coach. She helps ambitious people lead, influence, and thrive. Jamie has led hundreds of workshops on negotiation, self-advocacy, and transformative leadership. Her clients include leading organizations in technology, finance, and diplomacy. 
She also hosts the weekly podcast, Born to Thrive, and she joins us today from New York City. Jamie, thanks for being on the show. It's my great privilege to be here. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you as a guest. And, you know, we have a provocative uh, headline for this week's show. It's about the F word. And uh, our topic is why people need to talk about the F word in negotiation, especially negotiation about money. And by F word, Jamie, we mean feelings, don't we? That's right. (laughs) The other four-lettered word. (laughs) Right. So, uh, I, you know, I was, I'm really intrigued by this topic because, you know, I, like you, I've, I've had some training in negotiation, uh, though not your uh, amount of experience, but uh, often there's an emphasis on logic and taking emotion and the feelings out of the negotiation process. And you've got a very different perspective. You, uh, you think that in workplace negotiations, especially about money, um, emotion matters. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, and I want to preface it by saying it's not just because I'm a woman. I know there is the gendered stereotype that women are emotional. Men are rational thinkers, and therefore they make better negotiators. And yet, when you ask fathers of daughters who uh, are on the sassier side, let's say, they... I have heard a few of them, at least in my experience, say that my daughter, she's going to be a very scary, good negotiator when she grows up. So to answer your question, um, feelings matter because, as you know, MIT professor Jared R. Curran says, feelings about potential outcomes feelings about ourselves in the negotiation, feelings about the negotiation process, and feelings about the relationship that we have with the other negotiator is the most important factor in a negotiation. And yet people want to ignore feelings in negotiation for uh, a lot of different reasons. Why is that so, Jamie? Why do, you, why do many people advise us to park the feelings at the door. Yeah, you know, we live in a culture of achievement and that means we tend to focus uh, and especially in the workplace are we focus on what have we done? Right? And and there is this assumption that doing requires not feeling your feelings but just getting it done, right? Um, and I think we miss the bigger point in that our motivation, our, our drive to get things done is a feeling and, and that feelings also, um, point us to the thought in our heads. And when we understand the thought in our heads, when we understand the thought in our negotiation counterparts, Heads, then we are able to create durable solutions that, um, that satisfy both interests. And we can do that in a way that is collaborative, and we can do that in a way that is just a lot more gratifying than haggling for a bigger slice of the pie. So when you're talking about money, though, in the end, isn't it all about figures? And this is the argument I know you hear a lot, and I, I certainly have 
come across that you got to pay attention to logic and, and particularly when you're talking about salary, when perhaps there's a, a job offer on the table or you're up for an annual raise, in the end, it's about budgets. Um, what would you say to people who, who make that point, Jamie? They have a point. They absolutely have a point. Yes, you want to come to the table prepared with facts and figured. Of course, uh, you want to be able to point to the list of your accomplishments and have a quantified list so that you know your um, your ask is not. Um, it's based on factual data, right? That nobody can refute. Absolutely, logic is important. Data is important. Facts and figures do matter, especially in a salary negotiation because they count to, I mean, they point to your qualifications. Uh, what I'm saying is don't stop there. What I'm saying is don't just rely on logic. Rely on your emotional intelligence. Uh, rely on uh, empathy skills, rely on your listening skills to dig even deeper so that you can create real alliance with the other side. Well, let's talk about that. Let's assume that our listeners have have done the homework when it comes to the facts. They, they've looked at the local market. They know what a job pays. So whether it's a, a job offer that they're considering or perhaps a, an annual review and they're up for a salary increase, they know their numbers. Now, how should they prepare, Jamie, when thinking about feelings and uh, the, the qualities and points you just made a moment ago? What steps should they take? Excellent question, Mac. Um, first, feel what you feel. I tend to work primarily with women working in the STEM field, and all of my clients are highly qualified uh, people who have a strong values of service and excellence. So doing really good work that serves the greater good is really important to my clients. And even though they have done great work, so many of them struggle feeling good and confident when it comes to advocating for the value they have brought and they will bring to the organization or to uh, their employer. And so First, feel what you feel, right? It could be anxiety. This is very common. And in fact, this is why I got into this job myself, into this um, profession, because I, I realized, wow, I, you know, negotiation is, is a critical skill that is going to make or break my career. And yet, just the idea of sitting down in front of my supervisor, just the idea of asking for money for a salary for promotion is giving me, you know, like the heebie-jeebies. I feel like I'd rather <laughs> go to the dentist and have my teeth drilled than, than to do that. And that's when I realized, you know, this is something I really need to work on. This is something I really want to dig into, right? And I got curious about my anxiety. Um, and, uh, you know, it's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to feel afraid even because after all, it is a risk, right? You, you mean, you are being vulnerable. You can get a no. They, there will be an outcome that um, you may or may not have expected. So this is absolutely a risk. But I, I, 
you know, every time I give a talk about negotiation, I, I like to share it, you know, to feel fear is human, but to let that fear hold you back from, from speaking up, asking and initiating negotiation. Now that's where, that's where it's not so great. So recognize right? before you walk into that room, after you've done the, the homework about the data, you've got to pay attention to your own feelings and, and anxiety or fear and, uh, are, are natural. And I, I, I have to say, Jamie, I love the image of preferring to have oral surgery, perhaps even without anesthetic, uh, <laughs> as opposed to going ahead with a salary negotiation. Because I, I certainly personally have felt that, and I see that, and have seen that in many of my colleagues too. So you're you're tapping into something here. In addition to to recognizing our own fears, what other emotions should we pay attention to, particularly those uh, on the part of all the parties who are involved in in the process? Well, I, I want to say recognizing our own fear, just to feel the feeling, it doesn't stop there. Once we recognize the fear and allow ourselves to feel the uncomfortable emotions, uh, we have to ask ourselves, okay, why am I feeling this? And it's always triggered by a thought, a thought in our head. And so if we're thinking, they're going to say no, they're, going to, they're not going to like me after this, they're going to judge me, then it's only natural you will have that feeling. The challenge is, okay, can we, can we have a different thought? And uh, just today I taught a class on how to win, diff win over difficult people in a negotiation. And the crux of the message there is just list the facts of your accomplishments, contributions, skills, without judgment, without adjectives, without adverbs, and so that you can really have an objective look at what it is that you are delivering, what it is that you're offering to the other side. And from there, you, know, you want to ask yourself, what do you want to feel about the contributions you have brought? How do you want to feel? And of course, I, I think, uh, most people will say they want to feel confident. They want to feel empowered, right? So make sure you do the work of uh, reframe your own mind before you go into that conversation. And I, I think this is really powerful and something that is so often overlooked because we think it's all about just going in there, do your negotiation, get your ass, make the other side say yes. Um, but people who don't do this level of thought work, this deep level of thought work, often see their uh, outcomes backfire. Um, and to answer your earlier question, uh, once you have done your own thought work and uh, you are ready to engage in the conversation, you want to approach the conversation with curiosity. Okay. And let's pause there for a moment. We're going to take a break, Jamie, because I, I do want to talk about more about what happens uh, when you walk into that room after you've done that personal work that you've uh, described here and uh, and the and the preparation you need to do to get ready to pay attention to the other party's feelings. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. Do you not like to talk about money when job hunting? You're not alone. It's a subject that makes many of us uncomfortable. Here's the problem, however. If you don't get the best starting salary possible, your lifetime earnings will suffer. Employers base annual raises on your starting salary. 
So you have to make that first salary figure as big as possible. I have a new guide that can help. It's called How to Talk About Money in an Interview. I show you how to find out what a job pays before you walk into a hiring manager's office. And I offer practical, actionable tips about how to discuss money, benefits, and office culture. Maximize your earnings. Get your free copy of How to Talk About Money in an Interview. Go to maxlist.org slash money talk. Know what to say when an employer asks about salary expectations. Go to maxlist.org slash money talk. Again, that's maxlist.org slash money talk. Now, let's get back to the show. We're back with Jamie Lee, negotiation coach. She's joining us today from New York City, and we're talking about uh, why we need to pay attention to the F word, feelings, when we're in a negotiation, particularly about money. And Jamie, before the break, you described the work that somebody needs to do uh, when preparing for one of these conversations and, and paying attention to their own feelings. And I I love that because I, I think that... Um, uh, you laid out a process for how people can manage and get ready for these conversations. Anything else you want to add about that before we talk about uh, paying attention to the feelings and emotions of the other parties in the negotiation? So thank you for asking that question. I think it's really important to um, question your own assumptions as well as uh, some unquestioned limiting beliefs you might have before going into a high stakes conversation like salary negotiation, because the pitfall in all of this is that you betray yourself in your body language. You betray yourself in tone of voice. You betray yourself in your action, even though your words say, Hey, I believe in my value and I'm um, confident that I will be able to help increase, uh, you know, the revenue of this organization or, you know, whatever the words you are that you use to, uh, negotiate for more money if you have limiting beliefs it can really really sabotage your outcomes in a insidious way and um to that point i want to add um it's important to be curious about how the other side is feeling because people will express themselves in non-verbal ways and most of our communication is actually done non-verbally uh, I think there was a researcher who found out that only about less than 10% of what we uh, communicate is through the words that we use. Um, one of the examples that I often bring up in these negotiation workshops is, let's say you are having a conversation with your supervisor and you bring up a sticky point and all of a sudden this person, your counterpart, crosses their arm, they cock their head and or they lose uh, eye contact with you and they start looking elsewhere, it's a signal to you that their mind has gone elsewhere and, and they're feeling something and they're trying to avoid that feeling or it's uncomfortable to them. So does that address your it, question? It does. And of course, I, I'm i curious and I, I know our listeners are too. When you see those behaviors, how should you respond? And, and even more importantly, how should you... Interpret that when you see someone cross their arms or look away. I, it, it's a lack of interest, I'm hearing you say, but is there anything else going on and, and what's the best way to respond? 
Excellent question, Mac. Um, and uh, this all relates to what we're talking about because the F word feelings, uh, feelings are triggered by thoughts, right? And in a situation like this where you encounter body language that, um, that signals something is slightly off, it is so easy and it's so tempting to interpret that as something negative because our brains are hardwired for storytelling and our brains are also uh, biased for loss aversion. Right? We're always going to be afraid that something is going to go wrong. We're always going to be afraid of losing status or a relationship. And so this is where that emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management comes into play. It is, it is a really uh, key to both leadership and negotiation. This is when you want to get curious, not make an assumption. It, it will be tempting to say, oh, this person is bored or I just piss, piss this person off and this conversation is going in a bad direction. At least I, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I would have that temptation. Instead, get curious. You're ahead of me, uh, Jimmy. I was going to say, how should people exercise their curiosity? What should they do? Uh, my negotiation mentor, Lisa Gates of She Negotiates, taught me this. And she says, whenever you get stuck in impasse or you don't know what to do, or just form your mouth into a W. Ask an open-ended diagnostic question. And these are questions that start with the words, what, how, why, who, when, which, where, right? Diagnostic questions. You're trying to diagnose, you know, this thing that you don't understand. You're uh, almost um, going in like a journalist or a doctor trying to better understand. And so... Um, I, I'll give you an example from my own life. I used to work as an operations director for a tech company here in New York. And uh, one day I was having a meeting with the sales director who was obviously frustrated about, uh, about a uh, process that we shared between operations and sales. And so he was bringing it up and, you know, he, he looks upset and it was very tempting for me to think, okay, he's mad at me. <laughs> but instead, I formed my mouth into a W and I said, okay, I hear this is an issue. What would be an ideal situation for you? And then he immediately said, oh, actually, I know that the sales team has to own this process. I know that, you know, ideally, we'd be following up and making sure the data was um, consistent. And so it was a completely different response than I, my, <laughs> my brain would have anticipated, right? So th there's the power of curiosity and there's the power of questions that are intended to invite the other side to share with you what is in their minds, what are their thought processes. And as you ask those questions and draw people out. And, and I think it's very insightful to do that. How should you act on that information as, as you listen? How many questions, do you, how curious should people be, uh, Jamie? And, and how should they act on, on what they hear? Very good question. Um, Tony Robbins says information is power when 
you apply them when you act on that information. So I would say you want to ask questions, but you also want to create um, an environment of trust. You don't want to be interrogating the other side and just be solely focused on information gathering because you know negotiation at the end is about influencing the behavior of the other side and in order to influence them you have to create support and trust so if they're if they share information with you that's valuable that's useful share information with them so this is a two-way street um and to directly answer your question, the short answer, of course, is it depends. Uh, the long answer, <laughs> no, the, the slightly longer answer would be you ask questions throughout the process of negotiating. And um, you, you ask questions in the beginning, at the end, in the middle, right? But you ask questions enough to create understanding, mutual respect. And uh, until you, you know enough, you understand and you have an insight as to what are their underlying interests, right? Not just what they say they want, but why they want what they want. And as you go through this process, and again, I'm, I'm imagining a listener who's considering a job offer or someone who's getting ready for that annual review and they're sitting, now they're sitting across the table uh, from a manager, and they've done the work. They, they've, they've got their facts straight. They know what the market pays for the position or what typical increases are. They have paid attention not to their own emotions, and they're uh, paying careful attention to uh, their negotiating partner's emotions. How do you bring it to a close, Jamie? Because uh, in the end, it's about getting an agreement that a listener wants, and often we don't get everything we want, but how do you uh, arrive at an acceptable uh, agreement that serves all the partners and, and doing it in a way that incorporates your insights here about emotions? Excellent question, Mac. Um, I think how you close will depend on the level of your clarity. What I mean by that is, do you know what you want? Do you know why you want what you want? If you want a $15,000 increase in salary, what does that mean to you? Why is it important that it's you know, that much money? And if you can't get $15,000, know, what else is important? And so part of the preparation process is getting really clear on what your own personal values are and how those values align with your ask. And, and then sequencing your ass so that they're in alignment with your own values. I have clients who really value freedom. Location independence is uh, very important to several of my clients. And so being able to work wherever they want, whenever they want, is really important. And so um, for some, that might be worth more money. Uh, that might be worth more to them than a $5,000 increase, right? If it was between a job where they would get paid, you know, $50,000 more, but they had to come into the office nine to five and sit in the cubicle, 
<laughs> or they have the choice of uh, working for slightly less money, but they can do they can do the work wherever and whenever they wanted. Um, actually, <laughs> I'm thinking out loud. Fifty thousand dollars is a really big difference. So maybe a better example is would be if that differential was slightly smaller. Uh, but I think you get my point. Um, and I also want to add one more thing to what I shared with you about asking open-ended questions, if you don't mind. Please go ahead, Jamie. Yeah. So, you know, for this specific example of somebody who is negotiating salary, the quality of your questions signal to the interviewer your leadership potential. Are you curious? Are you informed? Are you interested? And are you a good listener? These are all questions uh, that are, you know, that somebody uh, would be asking in the back of their mind as they consider uh, a candidate. Can I like, would I like working with this person, right? Uh, and I have a question that I'd like to offer your listeners that I think would be uh, really great. Um, it's something that is inspired from a book I recently read. It's called Just Listen by a uh, psychiatrist turned negotiation trainer. His name is Mark Golston. And in the book, he suggests you ask this question. Um, ask the interviewer, you know, imagine a year from now, what would you have wanted to see from a candidate that you hired that would make you feel that you made the right choice? That, what are the qualities of a candidate that would make you feel that this was the, the best decision you made a year from now? And so this question uh, makes the listener think about the future and kind of think beyond just you know this this in this exchange, and that opens up um, more possibilities. And uh, I think it's a really exciting question to ask. I think that's a great interview question. I've heard variations on it, and I'm I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, well, thanks so much for your uh, insights today, Jamie. Now, tell us what's next for you. Uh. I am on a mission to help double women's income and impact. I believe uh, in the power, in the in the awesome power of financial abundance. Um, and so I am wrapping up 2018 with a series of free webinars. Uh, I've already started. Um, there will be more. Uh, and if you come to my website, jamieleecoach.com, J-A-M-I-E-L-E-E, coach.com, you'll be able to register for the free webinar series, which I'm calling Bolder, Braver, and Better Paid. Well, terrific. Uh, we'll be sure to include that URL in the show notes. And I know people can find out not only about the webinars, but uh, other services you offer, as well as a, a great blog and, and your podcast about these topics. Jamie, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Mac. It's been my pleasure. Take care. I enjoyed that conversation with Jamie. Here's my big takeaway. Emotions matter when negotiating. That might sound obvious, but 
uh, I think it's something that we don't pay attention to when we're getting ready for a conversation, whether it's about money or promotion or other workplace negotiation. And not only do our own emotions matter, we have to pay attention to the feelings of all the parties involved in the negotiation, especially when it's about money. And another point I heard Jamie make was the importance of doing your homework, getting your numbers straight, as well as paying attention to feelings. We've got a resource that can help you. It's called How to Talk About Money in an Interview. And it offers practical tips about how to do the market research that Jamie talked about so you know what jobs in your city pay. It also gives you suggestions about how to answer questions that might make you feel uncomfortable about your salary expectations. Just as you've got to pay attention to emotions, you've got to prepare for these conversations, and our resource can help you do that. Get your guide today. It's called How to Talk About Money in an Interview, and you can go to maxlist.org slash money talk. Be ready for that next conversation. Go to maxlist.org slash money talk. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Find Your Dream Job, and please join us next Wednesday. Our special guest will be Austin Belcheck. He's going to explain how you can get a job without applying online. Aren't you excited about the thought of beating the ATS system? Well, join us and find out how. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job.